You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. Summer Wind, a name that evokes a simpler time, a time of peaceful rest, a time when folks would name their homes. It brings to mind perhaps a summer getaway, a retreat, a place of rest. According to one resident family, though, it was anything but a place of rest. Summer Wind, formerly known as Lamont Mansion, is a ruined mansion on the shores of West Bay Lake in Villas County, Wisconsin. Summer Wind was built in the early 20th century as a fishing lodge on the edge of West Bay Lake in northeastern Wisconsin, and in 1916 was purchased by Robert Patterson Lamont, who later became President Hoover's Secretary of Commerce in 1929. Lamont caused one of the early ghost stories about Summer Wind. He reportedly took a few shots at a ghost, leaving bullet holes in the basement door off the kitchen. After Lamont's death, the house went through a number of owners, with no particular reason for the repeated turnovers until a family named Henshaw bought Summer Wind, still known locally as the Lamont Place. Arnold and Ginger Henshaw and their six children moved into the mansion in the early 1970s and stayed six months. In that short time, Arnold was nearly driven mad and Ginger attempted suicide. By way of explanation, the Henshaws said that from the move-in, They'd seen shapes moving around the house and heard voices in the dark corners. They also said that every evening at supper time, the ghost of a woman the family named Matilda floated back and forth on the other side of the French doors leading to the living room. Ginger considered the possibility that the family was imagining all these things, but situations occurred which changed her mind. 
it was not their collective imaginations. Various appliances around the house would break down and then would repair themselves before a workman could be called to fix them. Windows and doors closed at night would be found open in the mornings. One particularly difficult to open window in the master bedroom was closed by Arnold one morning as he was leaving. Remembering his wallet, he went back to the bedroom and he found the bedroom window open. He apparently wedged a spike of sorts into the window sash to keep the window closed. And it worked for a while. When the spike was removed with the crowbar months later, there was reportedly no nail hole to be found. Another incident happened when Arnold went out to his car to go to work and the car caught fire before he got to it. No explanation was ever forthcoming as to the spontaneous combustion. Other cars owned by the Henshaws were reportedly difficult to start and mechanics could find no causes for the problems. Deciding to restore the place, contractors were hired but then they'd not show up for work and others flatly refused to work there. So they began the restoration themselves. One day, while painting a closet, they removed a shoe shelf and found a passageway behind it. Moving the shelf out of the way, Arnold crawled as far as he could into the hole and shined a flashlight around and found a corpse. Due to structural details such as pipes and wiring, Arnold couldn't go further into the hole, but their daughter, of all people, volunteered to crawl into the space. That's kind of strange, I think. And yelled back a report. A head of black hair, a brown, dried-up arm, and part of a leg. Even stranger, each of the other children wanted their turn to look at the body, crawled in, looked around, crawled out. Afterwards, each child was sworn to secrecy, and the Henshaws never reported the body to the police, justifying it with the thought that the body was put there when the home was built so many years earlier. And they also thought that anybody involved in what might be a murder were probably dead at this time which does make sense but still I would have said something after this incident Arnold began staying up late at night and playing an electric organ the family had purchased before moving into summer wind he had been fond of playing of an evening as relaxation but this wasn't relaxing this was chaotic and discordant Ginger begged him to stop, but Arnold claimed the demons in his head were making him play on. His breakdown came on rapidly afterwards. Then, Ginger attempted suicide. While Arnold was in treatment, Ginger and the children moved in with her parents in Granton, Wisconsin. She eventually divorced Arnold, then married a man named George Olson. She thought she had a new lease on life, for a time. Raymond Bober who is Ginger's father, announced he was going to buy Summerwind, renovate it, and open a restaurant in the home, then expand it into an inn. He thought the location would be ideal and highly sought after by people wishing to get away from it all. Ginger was horrified as she had never given her parents all the details of their months of hell in the mansion. She pleaded with her parents not to go through with the idea, but Bober's mind was set. The sale went through. Now, although many Land O'Lakes natives, that's the town it's nearby, referred to the property as Lamont's Mansion or the Lamont Place, supernatural tales first 
were spread around by Raymond and Bober, and they claimed that the mansion was haunted. And he refers to it as summer wind. And as an aside, I could not find any information as to why or when the property became known by that name. In 1979, Bober, writing under the pen name Wolfgang von Bober, authored a book called The Carver Effect, A Paranormal Experience, in which he claimed the mansion was haunted by 18th century explorer Jonathan Carver. According to Bober, Carver was searching for a deed to the property given to him by the Sioux tribe in return for negotiating a peace between two warring tribes. The deed would have supposedly given Carter about the northern third of Wisconsin and was kept in a black box enclosed in the foundation of Summerwind. Bober received this information, he said, from Carver himself via dreams, hypnotic trances, and use of a Ouija board. Shortly after the purchase of Summerwind, Bober, his son Carl, Ginger and her new husband, George, went to inspect the house. As they moved around the building on the second floor, George spotted the previously mentioned closet and started going through it, pulling out drawers and searching behind them. Ginger frantically asked him to stop, and he did. But he asked Ginger what was wrong. She had never told anybody about the body in the crawlway, but later in the kitchen... After some strong coffee, Ginger spilled the whole story. After hearing about the corpse in the closet, the group went back to look for it. Carl crawled in, then crawled back out. There was nobody there. Where had it gone? Over the Labor Day holiday that year, Carl went to Summerwind to do a little cleanup around the place. It started raining, and Carl ran upstairs to close a window. And while in the darkened hallway, Carl heard his name being called by a deep voice. Carl looked around, heard the greeting, but there was no one there. He checked outside in case someone had driven up and was looking for him, but no one was there. As he arrived back downstairs, he was surprised by the sound of two heavy gunshots. Thinking someone was on the property, he went toward the back door but stopped short in the kitchen when he found the room filled with the smell of gun smoke. The shots were fired inside the house, not outside. On searching around, Carl found two bullet holes, two old bullet holes in the basement door off the kitchen, the same door Robert Patterson had ventilated way back when he shot at his ghostly visitor. Carl vacated the premises that afternoon. Bober's attempts at renovation met with much the same results as his daughter's. Workmen just gave him lots of nope when asked to work there. Those who did show up complained of feeling as though they were being watched by evil eyes and quit. And this was a complaint that Bober's wife Marie shared. She felt she was being watched when she sat out in the garden. Another disturbing thing was that the Bobers felt the house itself would shift and change sizes of rooms from moment to moment. In the plans Bober brought forth for his restaurant in the house, he estimated 150 people could be comfortably seated inside. But when he compared those plans to the blueprints, he found only 75 people would fit. 
Photos taken by the same camera in the same area, seconds apart, would show spatial distortions, and the living room was particularly susceptible to this phenomenon. Photos taken by Ginger were compared to photos taken by Bober, and curtains that Ginger had removed when she moved in were on the windows after Bober began living there. However, according to one of Bober's neighbors, Bober did not live in the mansion. He never spent a night in it, and instead lived in a trailer on the property. At least two previous residents reportedly denied claims that the house was haunted, and locals claimed that the haunting stories did not begin until Bober's book was published. A 1980 Life magazine photo essay, including Summerwind among terrifying tales of nine haunted houses, apparently spread the supernatural tales originated in Bober's book. According to author Marv Balosek, locals never believed the home was haunted and were dismayed when the home became somewhat of a supernatural tourist attraction. In 1985, officials for the town of Landa Lakes made an attempt to demolish the vacant home. The Villas County Sheriff said it was a staging area for local teens who burglarized or vandalized nearby cottages. This attempt failed, but the abandoned mansion was later destroyed by fire following a lightning strike on June 19, 1988. Later that week, fire officials reported that the fire was not suspicious and arson was not suspected since neighbors reported being awakened when lightning struck the vacant home. However, fire officials also said that teenagers frequently used the location for parties and that they may have left a fire burning. In 2014, owners Harold and Babs Tracy and the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters sought funding to rebuild the mansion as a bed and breakfast. In October 2005, Summerwind was featured on a Discovery Channel episode of A Haunting. The question remains, was Summerwind haunted? Was there a ghost of an 18th century explorer watching over his inheritance? Was there really a body in a crawl space? Did the house expand and contract as reported? Did the house or its resident revenants cause Arnold's breakdown or Ginger's suicide attempt? Or was this all a replay of the situation which brought us the Amityville horror? Was it just a hoax in order to drum up interest in one man's vision for a formerly beautiful home left abandoned and empty? The questions remain, the guesses go on, and the story fades. But looking back at some of the questions, was Summerwind haunted? It may have been. I don't know. With the story of the original, uh, not the original owner, but one of the early owners firing shots at something he saw in the house, and then the family abandoned the house after that. Could be something to that. The ghost of the 18th century explorer? That's doubtful simply because, according to the story of the deed, the Sioux Indians gave this man all this property. Well, the problem is the Sioux Indians weren't east of the Mississippi River, so they weren't in the area of Summerwind. As far as the explorer, according to historical records, the man never went that far north. 
as far as the deed being kept in a black box in the in the uh, foundation of summer wind a man who had worked on the house when it was built helped lay the foundation said it was a solid foundation there was nothing enclosed in it nobody put anything in it so he even lived there for a couple of years so nobody could have done anything to hide something in the in the uh, foundation did the house co expand and contract well that's a good question I don't know I, I've heard of things like that happening but usually in movies I don't know where they might have come up with this idea unless it actually happened to them was it a hoax very possibly Raymond Bober may have just wanted to drum up attention for his restaurant concept it is said that after he quit trying to turn it into a restaurant he wanted to open up a concession stand on the property because people did visit and they still they say tour buses stop there even now after the building is demolished and all the standing is a fireplace and a, and a couple of walls I believe it's another toss-up like I said about the Amityville horror did it happen or did it not happen did it happen just to the people that tell the stories? I don't know. It's one of those really good mysteries that first time I heard this story, first time I read it, it intrigued me. And I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because I thought it could actually happen. And I still believe that it could very possibly be true. So I'll leave it up to you. Was Summer Wind haunted? We'll never know, I guess. Well, that's it for this week. I want to thank you for listening again. If you have any questions or comments, please contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Again, Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. I want to encourage you all to listen to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast on Mondays with your host, Aaron Hunter. On Tuesdays, listen to Aaron's Horror Show with your host, Aaron Frail. Of course, me on Wednesdays, Terry's Mysterious Moments with your host, Terry from Texas. And intermittently, listen to The Sandman Lullaby with Patrick Sean Jones. Again, thank you for listening this time, and I want you to have a good week. Talk to you later. Bye.